The batsmen are going to be going hard, and the wild thing is in. Second ball into the pads. Almost 160. Oh, mate, hold on to your seats, Australia. I reckon we're about to see the quickest ball ever. Ball three. Play oh. a miss. And the crowd love it. It's 100 miles an hour. A, a cricket ball does not get bowled faster than this. Into the side for a long time, trying. It's a mixed bag so far. Couple of plays and misses, couple of hits, and a four. Into the thigh pad again. Sean Tate gets a standing ovation going back to fine leg. 160Ks per hour. He was cracking the whip that night, and with the T20 series against Pakistan around the corner this season, we remember back to almost 10 years ago when a South Australian bowler unleashed his fastest ever delivery to the Pakistan opener, Imran Farhat in a 2020 at the MCG in 2010. He was the wild thing. He was the fastest officially we've ever seen in Australia. It's Sean Tate, and he joins us today on Stumps. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I hope, I hope Jeff Thompson's not listening. He won't be happy with that. <laughs> well, there weren't really speed guns around there, weren't there, Bryce? No, I reckon he was quick. I reckon he was, he was, he was quicker often by the sound of it. But, um, yeah, no, it actually brought back a, a few memories. It was, a, it was a good night. If only... If only all the games could be like that. Tady, you're very modest about uh, about your, your summing up of that. What was it actually like on, on that night? Um, you were partnered up with uh, Dirk Nannis. He was at the other end, and he was egging you along as well because he was bowling absolute wheels as well. So was there a bit of a competition between the two of you, or did everything just fall into place that night and uh, maybe they'd cranked up the gun a little bit more? I, I don't know, <laughs> but it was the fastest stuff we've ever seen at the MCG. Oh, to be fair, I think we were both... We're both actually having a crack anyway. I don't think it was. It wasn't too much competition between us, but we just knew that we're sort of both up and about. And it, I suppose it helps when you got a big crowd there as well. You just get that extra couple of yards, and you got the big Aussie crowd sort of behind you. The G, you just you tend to just run in a bit harder. And and I've seen the footage and looking back at it, I was. It looked like I was running a lot harder than than most games. So um, and they did feel like they were coming out at a good pace. So. Um, yeah, we didn't have competition between us, but we both just enjoyed at that time. For a couple of years, I think in the 2020 side as well, I played with Dirk quite a bit, and we both just enjoyed running at either end and bowling fast. As simple as that. Yeah, well, I guess that was a, a simple plan for both of you, just go in and, and let it go as quick as you can. And and do you think that uh, probably stems into a bit of your, your nickname, The Wild Thing, because they, they could spray around at different times, couldn't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. I think... And, and, Andrew Simons came up with that name. I think they were playing in the 2007 World Cup and, and we were messing around at a team meeting and someone got the, the footage of all my wide deliveries. Um, <laughs> so they just played it at the start of the team meeting just to get the boys having a laugh. And, and I think after that, that sort of nickname came about, yeah. Was it your, uh, your, your aim for that night, Sean, to, to bowl as fast as you could? Was that, was that a little plan that you and, you and Dirk Nanners yeah. had hatched before the, before the start of the match? No, no, I don't, I don't remember. Derek might remember more. I don't remember talking about anything. It was just, I just remember being quite pumped up. I think, again, like you, a 2020 international um, at the MCG, I just, I find it, yeah, you have to be pumped up, surely, in front of a big crowd. It's just, it's just the way it was. And um, I think we're both probably at the peak of our powers, pace wise, at the time. Um, like I said, it'd be great if you could do that all the time, but it's, it, it is bloody hard. So, um, but that's what 2020 is entertainment. Um, I think if we, we, we sort of complain a bit now, oh, international 2020s don't mean anything, but if all the players and everybody just put, puts a pure entertainment on, that's what it's all about. That's what it's for. So 
that's what it was. So um, it was as simple as that. I think both myself and Dirk kept things pretty simple. There's no doubt. And it was a spectacular night being in the crowd, watching you just let it loose. Now, you have played for a number of different teams uh, in T20. Was that a really nice way to yeah. sort of finish up, I guess, playing first-class yeah. cricket and test cricket to then go and have the experience to travel the world and, and play for many teams? Absolutely. Um, I remember the time myself and Dirk, about exactly the same time, pretty much, were, were doing the same sort of thing. And um, he's a bit older than me, but he... He went pretty hard, and we, uh, both our bodies didn't really... Yeah, we weren't the sort of guys that could stand up and play 10 years in Test cricket, I suppose. We just didn't have that... Just Our bodies just didn't go that way, and uh, and probably didn't bowl enough areas either for fighting. Um, but, yeah, it was as simple as that, and travel around and enjoy... The good thing about playing 2020 around the world was obviously just the change room stuff, just sitting in different change rooms with different blokes, um, different cultures. That was That was the greatest thing about it. What was the key to that? Because obviously you're going to many, many different teams and you, often you're the professional coming into you know, into New Zealand, into England, all that sort of stuff. So yep. what was the key to actually settling into those teams from your perspective? Um, yeah, that was that was actually, if there was a challenge to it all, that was probably it when you, when you turn up and you, you know, you're straight off a plane and, and a couple of days later you're into a game. Um, probably the best thing about it was you didn't have to train for a few weeks with the team leading in. So it was very simply just turn up and bowl that's what you're getting paid to do. That's what you've been calling to do. Um, but yeah, sometimes I suppose it could be a challenge to sort of gelling with the team. But I think you sort of, I just sort of kept quiet for the first couple of days and just and just observed, see how they sort of run run the show. And my job was pretty simple: running the ball fast. And I suppose for for the team, like if you if you go into Wellington, for example, where I played, they were just happy that you were there trying to bowl 150. So I think it was quite easy to sort of fit in that way. And they're probably happy that you weren't training with them for two weeks beforehand, bowling 150 in the nets. <laughs> I bet they're happy with that. <laughs> the, good th- the good thing is the bowl, you're not trying to squeeze into a batting lineup and annoy people because they want about four and you're, you're in there. You just, you've got the new ball and you're running bowling fast. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was an enjoyable way to finish off career for sure. And you were playing only up until, what, two years ago when you were playing in, uh, in India and, and Pakistan. What did you make of, of those leagues playing in the subcontinent 2020? competitions compared to yeah. to playing down this end of the world? Um, I mean, it's a huge amount of difference, I suppose. Uh, you know, 2020 cricket, obviously, is pretty similar everywhere you go. The conditions, you know, it's not as if you, you play on ragging, turning wickets or anything like that, or you're not really trying to get reverse swing because there's only 20 overs. So it's a similar sort of stuff. Um, I enjoyed it. It was really, really relaxed. Um, I probably wasn't, you know, especially towards the end of my career, I probably wasn't the best or hardest trainer going around. Let's face it, Bryce. But, um, <laughs> but so I just, just turned up and have a bit of a net session in Dubai and the Pakistan League, and, and life was good. And, um, and the IPL, obviously, probably the number one competition in the world. Yeah. Um, had a good time there as well. Mm. Just, to, just to cycle back quickly to that night against Pakistan in 2010, the, the actual 160 ball that you bowled, I think it was the fourth ball of the over, do you remember... That do you, do you, would you have known that you have hit 160? Did it feel a bit different coming out of the hand? Yeah, I, I knew that at the time I was bowling good pace for sure. After yeah, you let the first one go. You it's probably in the run up more. I was running in, charging in hard, and it just felt good. Um, and then as soon as you see that you're it's one of those nights where you're up around mid 150s, I thought I'm gonna have a crack here and try and hit 160, and it comes up on the screen. So to be fair, I did have a rough idea of what I was doing that uh, during that game. Yeah. So did you? 
was it a real feeling with you? So to bowl faster, what was it that – was there a trigger for you that just went – obviously you, you talk about running in and that was a difference, but was there yep. something else that you went, this is the moment, is it the front arm, is it just following through, is it yeah. just dropping your arm, just, your bowling arm back deeper and slinging harder? You know, what was it? It was, it was all – my bowling was all about feel. Um, there was no you – know, I didn't get too worried about being technical or anything, obviously. Um it was just all about feeling. To me, it was a run-up. The way I was running, if I was running in smooth and it felt good and my feet felt light, didn't feel heavy. I was, you know, obviously, a big bloke around 100 kilos. So if I, I, was, I felt light on my feet running in, you just throw it. It's one of those days or one of those nights. Um, let's have a crack at this sort of thing. So but the other thing is, the other thing that comes with it, I think, is intimidation. So if you've got myself and Nanus at either end, and our first couple of overs are mid-150s to 160, you, you've pretty much got this, the team you're playing against anyway. They don't want to be out there. The guys coming in aren't going to want to be out there. So the intimidation factor probably helped with, with winning games like that as well. There's no doubt about that. It was uh, certainly very intimidating. Whenever you rolled in for South Australia versus Victoria and you, you came on to clean up the tail, I was definitely intimidated. Don't worry about <laughs> that. Parachute on for the last couple of wickets. Well, yeah, I'd give myself a little bit of room just saying, look, I'm trying to get him over point, but uh, you know where I was going. I was backing out of there. Um, now, now, one thing about, I guess, batting wasn't your biggest thing. But you no. did nail some big sixes, and you swung hard. That's what I loved about you at the tail. It wasn't you going to weren't going to be there for a long time. And that was through all the cricket. Nah. Whenever we played against each other, we knew you were coming out, and you were going to try and hit the ball as hard as you can. If it was over, well, yeah. then you were bowling pretty soon. What was the best yeah, one? Was... What was the best one you got? Is there a player you got, and you went, "Hey, I'm pretty happy to hit him over the fence." <laughs> yeah, I got Warney. I... Oh! He, he, uh, <laughs> you got the king. So I've come out, and he just sort of goes, "Right, Taddy, I'm going to." Toss six balls up here, see how far you can hit them. I'm going to give you one over, sort of thing, just to let me, you know, sort of taking the, taking the piss out of me, really. I think I hit the first two for four and the third one for a six. And he goes, right, that's enough. I think I'll jump next ball. <laughs> 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 he threw one in a bit quicker and got it past me, yeah. But I, I did manage to get Warney over, over long on Adelaide Oval across the, across the line. That's a massive wow. one. I'm glad we got that out of you because that's going to be the highlight. Forget about all the other stuff. Bowling 160, hitting Shane Warne to the longest boundary in Australian cricket, that's the best highlight yeah, for me. That was the best hit of my career for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you remember from your test days? You did play uh, three tests for Australia, oh, including including in an Ashes. <laughs> well, you, I did, uh, yeah. you had a, no, you had a little spell at it. Three, yeah, three tests. It would have been, obviously, it would have been great to play more, but it is what it is. And my first one was pretty. My first one was alright. We lost. Uh, I think I took three from the first dig. Didn't bowl much in the second dig. Uh, second test, I didn't. I think I was. I, I was always the last couple of tests I played. I was sort of the fourth seamer, I think. So I didn't bowl that much, and it, it didn't go well. I was. My body wasn't in great shape too fair at the time. Um, you know, it would have been nice to have played. You know, I'm not going to be too but it would have been nice to play 15 test matches. It is what it is, yeah. Or, or it could have been better to just play the one and you could join our barbecue each year in uh, New Year's <laughs> Day and the one test wonder barbecue, yeah. Three, what's three? I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, your um, nickname... I, the funny thing is I never really... I, to be honest, I don't... I remember when I played... I didn't enjoy the hell out of four-day cricket or test cricket for that matter. It just... I suppose I was impatient, or I just didn't really at the time didn't really suit me. But now I've retired. I watch. I love watching Test cricket, so it's, it's very strange. Now you're doing a bit of coaching now. I was going. I was, was going to ask you about your, your nickname, Saloon. Do you want to just give the quick story to that? Oh no, it's not. It's not a great story. I was. I was checking my first ever tour with the Aussies. I was checking into a hotel, and 
Um, I said, you know, Sean Tate, Australian cricket team, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And they, they said, oh, we haven't got your name on here. We've got a, we've got a saloon here. So that was it. It was just <laughs> the hotel the hotel in Sri Lanka messed my name up. Someone found out about it, told everyone. It sort of stuck that way. So it's not a great story. And it, but it has stuck forever. And it, it is one nickname that has just stuck forever. with you. Yeah. Yeah. It has. It kind of, it kind of, it, it fits as well. Saloon, the wild thing, Wild West is sort of all sort of, it's a theme. I'm coaching, I'm coaching, um, I'm coaching Adelaide Crew Club here. I'm standing on the ground now watching. Um, and even these boys call me Saloon. So, yeah, it did stick your eye. Now, that's that's credit to you. You're pretty relaxed. You, you must be the, the sort of casual, calm coach, a bit similar to Andrew McDonald. Do you have aspirations to take it a bit further than just club cricket? Yeah, I do actually. I, I, I actually quite enjoy it so far. Um, it's funny because speaking to a speaking to a guy um, last week and, and just talking about coaching in general, and he actually said, if you, if you do go further, this will be your toughest gig at Clubland. Yep. Um, and I probably tend to agree. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more things to worry about rather than just playing as one, you know, being around one team. Um, with and you know, if I was a bowling coach, for example, you've got three or four guys in the team that you're obviously going to be around quite often. Whereas at a club man, you got a lot of players, so and a lot of coaches. So it's um, it's probably right, but I just think it's a great, it's a great learning. I've learned so much already, and we're only what three or four rounds in. Um, so I'm I'm very glad that I've I've taken this job and I'm doing it. Yeah. Terrific. How's the how's the team and the club going? Uh, we've some good players actually. We've got a, a handful of guys on, on the verge of playing for South Australia. Cam Valenti is our captain and. Uh, we managed to grab Wes Agar as a recruit, but we probably won't see much of him because he's he's doing well. So, um, yeah, it might be around the mark. Yeah, I think top four on the side. But I think you're right. The key. I mean, I'm especially you're right. Being relaxed and and not interfering too much, and and just creating a, a nice relaxed environment. Um, if anything, I'm probably almost maybe too relaxed. So <laughs> I'll have to. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I shock me. That, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, I mean, at this day and age, I think that approach probably tends to work. And even the top level, um, guys now don't, you know, no one wants to be yelled at all the time. So um be interesting to see how it goes anyway. Are there any uh, any charges in your team that you, you like the looks of? Any young boys that are coming through? Maybe a, maybe a fast bowler among them that you're giving a few extra tips to? Um, we've got the, um, the two Pengeli boys, I think, in the next couple of years. Josh Pengeli and Ben Pengeli. I mean, so those guys, you know, if I was a big bash... If I was part of a big bash franchise looking to recruit, I'd be I'd be having a look at these two. They both smash the ball very hard, and they both bowl with good pace, and they both both bowl good Yorkers. Um, so as far as twenty twenty goes, I think these two guys probably won't be far off in the next couple of years. Um, but like I said, we got you know Patrick Page. Um, he's in and around the the, the Saka squad. Uh, Valenti's captain, uh, Agar. Um, yeah, we do have some good players. And where's Agar's going well? Obviously, credit to uh, joining the club and uh, being coached by you. That's exactly right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I spoke to him once, and since then he's, he's gone on. <laughs> oh, really well. No, but he's actually been around a little bit, and he's a, he's a great lad. He's, he's actually he sort of reminds me of myself a little bit. He's very relaxed and, and just wants to do the simple stuff. So, yeah. Is cricket taking up the most of your time now um, post your playing career? Are you doing things outside of it as well, maybe? Oh, geez, I mean, I've got to, got to share in a pub. I haven't been, last couple of months, I must say, I haven't been down there very often at all. Um, I've got a young daughter as well, so she's probably taken up most of my time along with cricket. Yeah, I'm going to come from the Darren Lehman Academy as well. Um, and I've, I have, in the past, done some media stuff in the subcontinent. So, bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, I, you know, just coaching stuff I'm actually really enjoying. So, 
see what happens the next couple of years with that, I suppose. Give the pub a plug. Whereabouts is it? It's the Hotel Elliot down in, in Port Elliot on the south coast of South Australia. So it's a great pub. It's going to start getting busy now with the weather getting better. It's a bit of a holiday sort of destination. So um, I've, I've been involved there for six years and it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. Sean, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today on Stumps. We uh, reminisce back to, as I said, that uh, T20 match 10 years ago. But good to hear you're still part of cricket and still going along very nicely. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. Yeah, good to chat. Go well, Sloan. Cheers, lad. Thanks. Sean Tate here on Stumps. Bryce McGain, Jordan Canellos with you coming back after this.